This week, we get to bring you an exciting bonus episode. We get to give you a chapter of the audiobook from Shauna Nyquist's new release, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. She is one of my favorite authors, and we could not be more thrilled to celebrate the launch with her in this way. If you are not familiar with Shauna, she is a New York Times bestselling author of Present Over Perfect, and I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. She's married to Aaron, and they live in New York City with their sons, Henry and Mac. Shauna is a bookworm, storyteller, and passionate gatherer of people, especially around the table. If you love this app, head over to the link in the bio and get a copy for yourself. You will not regret it. 35. A Movable Feast Ten years ago, I was on a work trip to Dallas, and on my last morning there, I asked my old friend Sarah if she was free for breakfast and if she could drop me off at the airport afterward. She came to pick me up, and I wasn't really paying attention to where she was taking me. She has great taste and totally knows the city, so I was happy to be in her hands and knew we'd have a great meal no matter where she took me. I was staying at a hotel by the airport and assumed we'd head away from the airport, but instead we were heading right to it. At the last second, right before turning into the departures area, she pulled into the driveway of a small car wash. Okay, we're here, she announced. And she got out of the car and walked on the grass around the side of a small brick building. I followed her. And in this little grassy area behind a car wash about 500 yards from the runway at DFW, there were a table and two chairs along with a tablecloth, a bouquet of flowers, and two place settings. There were berries and croissants and eggs. And I was just absolutely confused and delighted. Sarah, what is happening? She smiled and told me to sit down. I know you've been busy, and I wanted to give you a little space and beauty and time. I wanted us to have a chance to really connect before you leave. I looked for a place between your hotel and the airport, and I stopped in earlier this week and asked the car wash guy if I could use the lawn before they opened. I threw this stuff in the back of my car so we could share some time together. I absolutely cried. It was so moving to hear someone say, I wanted to make something special for you. I wanted to create a space for us. Hospitality is powerful. It can move us. It can heal us. It can remind us that we're loved, that we matter, that someone cares we're alive. When I think about extraordinary hospitality moments and experiences, I don't think about fine dining or perfect meals or high-end artwork in fancy homes. I think about a card table outside a car wash and how my friend Sarah communicated love, care, and thoughtfulness so powerfully to me in that moment. Hospitality is holding space for another person to be seen and heard and loved. It's giving someone a place to be when they'd otherwise be alone. It's, as my friend Sybil says, when someone leaves your home feeling better about themselves, not better about you. For many of us in recent months, we've been forced to think about hospitality differently. Almost everyone I know experienced a disruption of gathering, at least the way it used to be. And almost everyone I know figured out a way to gather, even though it was weird. My high school friends, whom I love but had never Zoomed with, started a Zoom happy hour tradition. An old friend and I set a date for a nightcap phone call. For Thanksgiving, we gathered outside for our dessert with neighbors. 
in New York, in November, in hats and jackets. At a French cafe in the West Village on a snowy night, they handed out mylar blankets, and when the wind blew in sideways to the outdoor dining area, and with it icy snowflakes, each table of guests screamed like we were doing the wave, ah, 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 when the ice hit our faces. It was weird, but we still gathered. I heard of friends meeting for takeout in parking lots with lawn chairs between their parked cars. My in-laws put a rug and chairs in their garage so that with the door open, they could still see family, even through winter in the Midwest. For a person who loves gathering and feeding people and every part of hospitality, I was determined to figure out a way to keep connecting. And for us, that meant a picnic blanket and sheet pan. In New York, we couldn't gather indoors but we could gather outside, and so we did, over and over and over, with a picnic blanket and a sheet pan of snacks. I have all manner of fancy cheese boards, marble and slate and pretty ceramic, but here's the thing. When you're carrying food down three flights of stairs and then setting it on the ground, a sheet pan works a lot better than slate or marble. Sometimes those happy hour cheese boards were fancy, brie and lavender honey and prosciutto and rosé. And sometimes it was like Jonathan had half a box of crackers and Kate had apples and popcorn and Kindy had a few cans of sparkling water. I went through a prolonged queso phase and one day Julia had leftover pizza dough that she baked into delicious garlicky breadsticks. We watched the beautiful spring weather arrive, breezy and bright. Buds on branches glowing as the sun dropped lower and lower, illuminating every leaf and branch. Everything glowed green on the close, our green space at the center of the seminary. One day, Kindy brought grilled pimento cheese on baguettes, and Jonathan brought cider from the craft beer shop on the corner. The next day, I brought red wine and pretzels with a couple different mustards. Other neighbors wandered over, some we knew well and some we didn't. The kids circled by from time to time for handfuls of crackers or clementine slices. Sometimes we'd order pizza, and there was one night we stayed out there so long that we'd finished all the snacks and all the pizza, but nobody wanted to leave. So I just kept running up and down the stairs with handfuls of things, and it was somewhere between a buffet and a yard sale. It started a tradition that has now taken on a life of its own. I reach for my picnic blanket more often than I do my purse these days. And the picnic basket practically packs itself. It's that connection point every day or every couple days. How are we? It used to be that the close was respite from the crush and craziness of the city. These days, it's the respite from the isolation and crampedness of apartment living, distance learning, Zoom everything. Let's all agree not to go back to that old way, where the house has to be perfect and the food has to be perfect and the dishes have to be perfect. Get a sheet pan and a picnic blanket and have everyone bring a handful of things from their own kitchens because it was never about the food. It was never about the dishes or the fancy kitchen tools or the complicated techniques. We just wanted to connect. This is how deeply the value of hospitality is planted inside of us. Look how creative we've gotten. Something miraculous happens when we gather. There's a connection, a healing, a nourishing that goes beyond the nutrients and calories and vitamins and minerals. There's a nourishing of spirit. 
And if we've learned anything at all through the pandemic, it's that we really need that connection, all of us. We need to see each other's faces and hear each other's voices. We need to laugh together and cry together and sit in silence together. We were made for connection, for sitting shoulder to shoulder, for carrying one another, walking together. We've all experienced that phenomenon of getting used to people who are different than we are. At first, all you see are the differences, and you sometimes trip over yourself trying to make sense of languages or accents or traditions that feel unfamiliar. But then over time, what was once foreign starts to feel very normal, like just another part of your world. But the opposite is also true, and a season of prolonged isolation has not brought out the best in our culture. The political and religious and cultural differences became louder and more divisive. One antidote is hospitality, which requires bravery, intention, and a willingness to extend beyond ourselves in the service of others. Being a Christian means devoting ourselves increasingly to the purposes of God on earth, to bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth in big and small ways. A few weeks ago, I was invited to a party, a celebration of a friend's birthday. It was a gathering together of different worlds, and I knew I wouldn't know anyone except the birthday girl. I was feeling overwhelmed with going anywhere. And here I was, going all the way to a neighborhood I'd never been to, and I walked in the wrong door and couldn't figure out where I was, and I felt frumpy. Even though I had liked my dress at home, I immediately hated it when I walked in. And then I had such interesting conversations with such interesting people, people who had lived very different lives than my own. I stayed about three hours longer than I thought I would, listening and laughing and getting to know these friends of friends I've been hearing about for ages, but had never met. Because people are great, and we need each other, and we have so much to learn from one another. And I had sort of forgotten that because I hadn't been around very many for so long. Hospitality is the antidote to isolation, and we need it. I need it. Every neighborhood and town and city block needs it, and each one of us can be a part of it. So keep gathering, keep it weird, embrace the movable feast, and practice brave, awkward, difficult hospitality as a way of fighting against isolation and othering, a way of healing what's been broken and loving our world and our own selves back to life. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this bonus episode. The way that we are able to make these possible is because of the way that you continue to listen, share, and leave reviews. Did you know that if everyone who listened to Making Room left a review, we would be thousands of reviews deep? Now we know, we know it gets annoying to hear week after week, but it really does make a difference. If you could just finish listening to this episode, head on over there and write a quick note about what you loved about the show, something that stood out, or maybe even your favorite guest. It would change everything for us and allow us to keep on going strong. Guys, we are looking forward to the spring and the summer with so much excitement over the list of guests that we are bringing you, and we know that you will be inspired and encouraged as you continue to work towards opening your door and filling your table.